Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Afternoon, night fans. Uh, not the result we wanted. It is time for Night Shift. Myself, Andrew Glukov, along with the student of the game, Kyle Nash, and our guest, Aaron Evans, former UCF offensive lineman. We're here to talk about UCF's game, the loss against Southern Methodist, 55-28. to 28. Kyle, uh, you know, you, you and I have been doing this together a long time. We've seen ups. We've seen downs. Uh, this, this was rough. This was a rough one. Yeah, it's it's a shame. My first time doing radio again is after this particular game. But I have to shout it out real quick for our guest. If you see behind me, I also have the an Aaron Evans original from yeah. my playing days. I was, so, I was going to make a really bad joke at your expense, Kyle, about that before before we what got started. Like, I just time. don't have the heart to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but hey, listen, to, definitely, definitely a rough outing. Um, you know, I, I expected it to be a, a game with kind of a wide gap of a score. I did not see a fifty burger. And um, in, in defense, once again, in a situation where UCF loses, Coach Gus Malzahn points out that the challenge that would actually consume them in the press conference comes to pass. You know, make that I ask the question of would this be Mikey Keene's biggest challenge? And it certainly turned out to be just as Coach said it would be. So there you go. Aaron, you have uh, experience on the field, you know, more so than than us old guys. Uh, what was your expectation coming into this game? And, and you know, with uh, you're going up against a team that started off really hot, looked like everything was going right, you know, in, in SMU, wheels started falling off, two, two bad losses, and then, you know, they're back home against a UCF team that was riding a little bit of a streak of their own. What was your expectations coming in? Um, I was just expecting a really competitive game, and um, I was expecting – I. I thought, I mean, right when the game started, I mean, I thought the whole game was going to be a shootout, like, throughout the whole thing. But um, we really fizzled out uh, probably about second quarter. I don't, I don't really know what shifted. But, um, yeah, I was expecting more of a competitive game from us, and I'm kind of disappointed in that. That's definitely a simple way. That we're dis- I love that word, disappointed. It's a very powerful word. You know, I'm disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, Anger is one thing. We get angry every day, every day. But if you get that disappointed card, or you have to deliver that <laughs> card as a parent, you know well, you're dealing with some powerful weapons at that point. I mean, friend. part of it's the delivery. You know, there there is an art to it. You know, no no pun intended with with Aaron's line of work in in the art industry. But there there, there is an art to it of of the delivery. You know, Kyle as a as a parent to to two kids yourself, you know all about the art of the delivery. Hey, I haven't had to use the disappointed card much, I'm glad to say. But, Aaron, we were talking about what what may have shifted. Um, For my money, it it was a kind of a thing that uh, early on you got SMU making the early mistakes, the defense doing defense things as they have the past few games, um, and setting up opportunities to score. I feel like the situation that started to happen later is when the defense wasn't necessarily causing turnovers, the offense – then at that point had it uh, started to have a little trouble, right? Have a, uh, other situations where whether it's a drop by Ryan O'Keefe or or a, an errant throw by um, Keen, it was kind of a situation that they, they, that that lock just wasn't there. That that at that point was when they kind of started to miss when they didn't have that short field. Is that what you saw? I mean, yeah, I think so. Um, I just we weren't we weren't making any conversions. Uh, I don't understand what what the issue was. It was we just got flat. Um, the, the the energy that was that was started the game off kind of just died died out in that. Mm-hmm. And I don't. And we we had like four three and outs in a row or whatever it was, maybe five. And I mean, there's not you you're going to wear the defense out, and that's how I think we saw is the defense just got slowly slowly worn out throughout the game from 
they were just on the field too much, you know? Yeah, as, as we can see here, you know, you, you go – and for those who normally see you, the UCF stat, you know, software, uh, this is a very different one. And as we found out, the second quarter broke, and they had to wait till the start of the third quarter to fix it. So uh, it, it was it was not pretty in the booth as long as well as you know for us watching in front of television. But you know you go to to team stats over here, and where's the third down? Six of seventeen. I mean that's mm-hmm. I know UCF has struggled on third downs all year, but you know, on one, both sides of the ball, Drew. On both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. against weaker opponents, obviously you can get away with six for seventeen. You know, versus uh, an East Carolina, but you know, an SMU thirteen to twenty. I'd like to to point out one thing uh, for both of you gentlemen. Tanner Morkai had almost three hundred yards passing before halftime. Yeah, uh, in the especially in the second quarter. Uh, now, Aaron, you know, you you compare the first quarter where UCF was being opportunistic, and and it looked like it was going to be a shootout. And then you compare it to the second quarter where uh, the defense was just a sieve and the offense uh, couldn't make holes for the running game. They, they went nowhere. Uh, passing protection was, was was not great. I mean, it wasn't terrible. It was not great. Uh, you know, what? where did you see from, from watching it, where it went wrong as far as uh, just, you know, especially in the offensive line where just everything that was working on those couple of short drives just – died it seems like they schemed us a little bit better honestly um they really they had our number like they knew exactly what to do to stop each and every um tool we had in our arsenal and um i i I, we had some like there's some really like optimistic things like for going forward in the season like we had a lot of really explosive plays and i think that's 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 awesome but we got to be able to do that on a more consistent basis. So I think like focusing on more of like a bread and butter. So there's something that we can just turn to time and time again that's going to get us five yards, going to get us the six yards, going to get us the things that we need in order to get the first downs. But um, I don't really see that. And I think that's just kind of – I mean, I think this game sort of exposed that is, uh, it's a fresh team. It's a fresh culture. It's a fresh staff. And I, to me, that's what I saw because getting beat like that is not something that we do. Um, and, uh, I don't, I think that's a, a youth quote unquote youth thing. Cause I think Gus is a fantastic coach. And, um, so I just think this is one of the pickups in the road and it's going to be a gigantic learning experience. Yeah. And your youth observations accurate. Listen, when you got as many injuries as you do have guys who are either young or new to the program are the ones that are going to step on the field. Sure. Jalen Robinson came back for the first time in what drew six weeks. So uh, it was nice the Louisville have- game. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he uh, he definitely had a solid, long, big play completion. You mentioned explosive cl- plays as well, Aaron. What I could tell you is during press conferences, literally every week the phrase big play is something that Coach Gus talks about. I mean, and, and you know, I've, I've, I've asked questions about where the big plays were made and how they can be done. I think the biggest problem, as uh, the question as I asked it uh, on Monday was, um, hey, you got the big plays more from the defense, uh, being in a situation to stop big plays and or getting turnovers that created short field, right? So I, I, big plays being a thing that happens is great until you have a shootout game like you talked about. And, and Drew, I think you might have observed in the roundtable that we dropped before the game, I did say old-fashioned, stereotypical Texas Cowboys shootout of something that you'd see on TV. I just expected UCF to fire back more often than they did. Yeah, we ran out of bullets, Kyle. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, uh, early on. Uh, uh, well, one of the things that I noticed was, uh, you know, you and this is a great example, is the, the drive late in the game when UCF was painted their own one. It was, you know, you had one, one pass that was a little high, but then you had two deep passes. There was no attempt to get out of the end zone. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I just think it was, you know, it looked a, a little irresponsible. You know, you know first how I that in. Yeah, it's like it's like I'm playing NFL Blitz or something, you know. First and thirty, let's do the bomb and just chuck it because you know that's the only play that's worth running in that game. <laughs> but yeah. I, I mean, let, let, let's let's think about this. Uh, you know, you you talk about the the big plays. Uh, eventually, it comes to small plays and 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 making the little things. Case in point, on the defensive side, it looked like you know Justin Hodges was going to sack. 
Tanner Mordecai. He didn't finish the job, and he had his Nick Young moment where he turned around and thought he had him, and he was still up and running. Right. And instead of having a big loss and, and something that can build a little momentum, even though it wasn't going to really change things, they still punted the ball away, but it would have kept them outside of their own 10 most likely. You know, I think they got pinned at the 8 um, after that, that play. He was still able to roll out, get outside the pocket, throw it away. And, and you don't, you're not able to create that extra energy. And it, it started to become little things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just eventually they add up and become big things. Uh, now, Aaron, during your time on the field, how important was momentum? It's, I mean, it's everything. Because if you lose, I mean, if you're rolling a boulder up a hill and you stop, you get the full weight of that boulder again. You know what I mean? And I think we came out swinging really, really hard and uh, we just stopped. And I, and I, we can't do that. And that's why I said earlier about having more of a bread and butter in our arsenal, like a, a consistent run play. Cause we have some really dominant offensive linemen right now and like older guys. And they, and they, they have Cole Schneider, Sam Jackson, our center. I mean, I don't know the, I don't know the rest of the guys' names by heart right now. I'm going to be truthful, but I mean, there's some really dominant cats and I've watched them time and time again, do that. I think utilizing those tools in our arsenal that utilizing that experience um, and trusting those athletes to be as productive as our receivers, you know what I'm saying? Um, in our running core and stuff. So like, so that's where for me, it's like, we need, I've always thought that we really need to establish an identity in the run game. Cause I guess that's an offensive lineman me speaking, but that's something that I admire around. Cause the way I see it is UCF is building a culture like Alabama. And that's, and at least, and that's in my mind. And when I, when we went 13 to no, that's what all I could think about was what type of culture did we need to have that, that, that success, that consistent success. And and what Alabama does is you know what they're going to do. And they just punch you in the mouth really, really hard, and you just back off. And, I mean, that's what I think we need at UCF, personally. And in the run game, we need something that can just consistently punch people in the mouth because no one likes getting punched in the mouth. And you just punch them in the mouth. You punch them in the mouth 20 times. By the end of the game, you wore their defensive line out, and then you can just do whatever you want. And then that's that, and that's and that's where I'm. That's my smash mouth mentality. But my favorite quote is, "Best part of offensive line play." And I think that actually the O line coach said it recently is moving a man from point A to point B against his will. And and I I think we should let our guys do that. Oh well, yeah, absolutely. and a big a big part of, a big part of that 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 punch a big part of that fist is uh, definitely out of the uh, rotation in the sense when Isaiah Bowser isn't on the field, unfortunately. Correct. But yeah. Mark Anthony Richter came in in a rare sighting. Granted, he can carry the ball. I think it was what six or eight times through and still managed 104 yards. What do you think of him when he stepped on the field, Aaron? Well, my thought is, what took so long? Uh, you know, he, I, he I was know the hero going. against we'll, East Carolina. We'll, we'll get we'll get there in a minute. I want to hear what Aaron thinks of Mark Anthony first, and then you can go on your whiny rant about where's he been. <laughs> <laughs> he's saucy. He's got a great name, but no, he's um he's saucy with it. I mean, he's he's explosive and he's powerful and he's he's got good vision. I've noticed, and I think uh, we when we have tools like that in our arsenal, we should give them the opportunity to grow into these roles. You know what I'm saying? Like. Hmm. Uh, these young guys aren't going to get the experience unless we expose them to the bullets, expose them to the fire. You know what I'm saying? So, again, I mean, utilize like we, that's what I'm saying. We need to establish an identity, and 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 I think um, if we want to c- continue to have the culture of the powerhouse program, we have to establish something like that. Okay, Aaron. Now, or excuse me, uh, Drew. Now, with that ammunition, proceed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I yeah. You know, you had him for the first the first game. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, not first game, the, the game against East Carolina, uh, where he, he finally came out. He was the hero. And, and this was the second game that he had meaningful time, not just like a spot carrying garbage time, but he had meaningful play. Mm-hmm. And he made something happen. You know, he's not a small guy. He's, he's over 200 pounds. And UCF needs an every down back, especially with Isaiah Bowser dealing with injury issues. He was available. And he's tall, when, too. Say what? He's tall too. He's not just a yeah. He's a little a over six body. feet tall, so yeah. he's got the size. Uh, he's got vision, and and he seems to be making pretty good decisions, able to to break open the big play. This isn't unprecedented that he's that he's done it. But here's the truth: Johnny Richardson is not an every down back. Right. He's a great. He's a good change of 
pace back and he's a great lightning to someone else, you know, being the thunder, but he's not an every down guy. He's too much of a shimmy guy who wants to go east, west and go to the outside, the yeah. north, south. And sometimes you need a guy to just go between the tackles and hit someone. Yes, a juggernaut. Uh, it's, <laughs> but it's, it's true. You know, You're not wrong. As Aaron says, you, you want to punch a guy in the mouth. And you do that a number of times. They tire out in the fourth quarter. What's what Navy did at UCF? They ran enough times in the, up the middle. UCF defense was tired. They were mm. they were out of gas, and that's when you can really start gashing. You know, they you know SMU started doing it late in the game. The 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 two running backs just had a field day against against UCF. But I mean, the tackling was just atrocious. Basically, all the things that they were fixing in the second half of the year from mistakes that were happening the first half. All came back because the first half they are missed tackle after missed tackle, and, and you know the, the, this is not how you you win games, make friends, and influence people. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this question though, Drew. With all that in mind, because I knew you were going to say this about Mark Anthony Richter, and, and and you could tell I knew it was coming. By the way, I was making jokes earlier at your expense to use your words. Um, but here's the question I wanted to kind of ask you because I knew you were going to come with that, and you're right to do so. Let me be clear. But um, with Isaiah Bowser's health situation, UConn, the juggernaut of a program that is UConn coming to town into the bounce house uh, in, in the coming Saturday, you're trying. I would assume Coach Gus, like with his tibia, is trying to stay off of it a little bit with with Bowser yeah. uh, going into the lineup. Do you think I both whoever wants to answer this one, go for it. Um, do you think that Mark Anthony Richter has earned enough stock in this performance to not just take some carries, but perhaps be the starting guy against UConn to see maybe if he can finish the season if Bowser can't. I'm going to defer to our guest, Aaron, on that one. Mm. I, I mean, yeah, I, I think preserving Bowser for later in the season would be a more strategic plan. I mean, obviously, we, we, need, we, we need him back in as soon as possible. But, I mean, if he's still at 70%, he's gonna, his system might fail again. You know what I'm saying? And I don't, we need him fully healthy. And so, I mean, I would agree. I think giving him a shot and seeing what he can do and giving him, like, like a couple series in a row where he's, like, really showcased. and he's Because, again, you don't get that experience unless you get the experience. And, um, and, and it, it just exposing him to the fire, letting him learn, letting him grow – and we do it early enough in the game that we can kind of work through the mistakes if there are any, and and we can grow from that. And I that's how I see it. So, and, and one last cherry I'll put on top of the to uh, topic of Bowser at the moment is that the future I see is if he plays again this season, it will be against the uh, University of Not South Florida, um, because with New exactly. Um, when, when they, when they, when UCF attends their bowl game, wherever it is, be it in the state of Alabama or where else, um, I really realistically see that Isaiah Bowser will sit out and move towards his pro aspirations, especially since he has that injury, he's going to want to hit the combine if invited, um, with yeah. all the maximum, uh, capacity that he can, right? Uh, it yeah. wouldn't surprise me if he does, you know, so. that's. We just we we tend to forget one one big thing about bowl games. Bowl games are exhibition games. Unless you're playing for national title, they're really an exhibition game. It's about the players. It, it's a thing for the players more than anything else. It's oh. about the experience. Yeah. It's it's about you know all the other aspects, not just the game. You know the extra practices are very important for the coaching staff, mm -hmm. but it's about the whole package. And uh, Kyle, I, I, when I was when I was in Atlanta. Uh, covering the the Peach Bowl, I I followed what the team was doing, and you know half of that was the the you know visiting, you know different things uh, for civil rights, the the con the the trivia contest, the other competitions against Auburn's players outside of the game. That's what a bowl game's partially you know, is is about in a lot of scale. It's it's for the players. You know they go to the Hawaii Bowl. It's not for the fans. It's for the players. It's yeah. a it's a reward for for having a good enough season to do it, but you know, guys are remember they're they're playing for you know the team they're playing for themselves. There there's no conference championship on the line. There's no national championship on the line. If you've got a pro career to worry about, I mean I don't blame anyone for sitting out. At the end of the day, you have to take care of number one. Now, Aaron, you've you've been to uh, multiple bowl games. 
Uh, I would love your take on, on your on your bowl game experiences. Uh, my freshman year was the Fiesta Bowl. I went to the um, what was it called? Bitcoin Bowl. I wish it would have. I wish they would have given us all a handful of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think about that every once in a while. Um, when I see that ticker, just keep climbing. Um, <laughs> uh, and that was it. Peach Bowl. What was the bowl before? It was the what was the, the one. Cure bowl. The Cure Bowl was the one before. Yeah, that. and um, I sat out actually of the Peach Bowl because I had uh, two herniated discs and I had back surgery. So um, and I was trying to be ready for the combine. And honestly, I would encourage Bowser to consider playing because you're not guaranteed anything after this. Um, and I I I I don't I don't want to say I regret it, and I don't want to say that I didn't do. Like everyone's like, oh, you did this, you did this, but like frankly, it's like. I I cried myself to sleep the whole week before the Peach Bowl because I wasn't playing in it. And it was my decision. I made it. I, no one knows that. I didn't tell that to anybody, but that was me. And it was one of the most hard, like, so it, it, I don't know if we're going to go to a bowl of that caliber this year, obviously. Right. Obviously, that has weight in this. But, um, yeah, bowl season is really fun, and it's definitely for the guys because, I mean, I remember sitting at the beach bowl with all my brothers and it was just like, we were literally brothers. It was, it was like pockets of guys here and there walking around the sea and we'd all just be like, what's up bro. And just like hanging out the whole trip. It was like that. And it was like, that was really a special team. Truly that was. And, 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 and um, it is a nice cherry on the top after a really hard grind. Cause you mean really the grind starts in, 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 in spring ball and then it works all the way into the season. And so that's a really, really like a much needed like pat on the back um, at the end of the year because like we're all beat up, we're all tired, we're mentally, emotionally, physically exhausted. And uh, to be able to relish in the victories in a kind of a low key environment when everything else has been so stressful is um, just it's it's really just savory. You know what I mean? So savory i like savory. that he wants to Not bite into that just like ah i like that biscuits <laughs> biscuits there you go buddy but and i i think uh aaron makes a very valid point you know it's tough for a guy to decide not to play uh that's hard because especially you you've got that whole season behind you of what of how you got there because you know this isn't done in a vacuum you you've got beginning of spring ball you got you know you know, beginning of fall practice, you've got 12 regular season games, you got a conference championship game, all that led to that moment. And yeah, it's it's got to be tough. And, you know, it's got to be tough for any player to decide. I know a number of, of UCF players last year opted not to play in the in the, the Boca Raton Bowl, but, you mm-hmm. know, obviously it's a big difference. You know, you're kind of going down to the Bitcoin Bowl at that point level. Mm-hmm. Of making that decision as opposed to you know a new year six like the the peach or the fiesta right. obviously a very very different scale and you know if i had to put uh i i've always thought that ucf would end up in maybe the military bowl this year and i, I still think it's a very realistic possibility Absolutely. as long as they could stay in the top four uh, but you know that's probably going to make some of those choices a little bit easier because it's not the same same level but in the end it's still a game it's with you know with you know, your team, which, you know, it becomes an extended family and, you know, you're there for each other and, you know, it's, it's a tough balance. I don't, I don't envy it for any, anyone who has to make that decision. I'll be honest. No, it's a, not a fun, not a fun decision to make. <laughs> now, Kyle and I, the only, the only bowling that we've got to do is down at the, at the lanes where we threw a bunch of gutter balls. Uh, hey, that's about it. <laughs> speak for yourself. I played at the rice bowl to get my championship semi-pro. <laughs> yeah the the only bowl that i got to is was the the soup bowl when i was recovering from injuries that, oh, that's about geez. as close yeah well i mean that was life's way of saying you know putting pads on is is you're no longer worthy of it but you know Drew, let me get something else in, too. Like, um, I was texting with Aaron during the game you made an observation about the defense that i think is worth bringing up do you remember what that was uh, I made uh, so many observations. I've lost count. <laughs> Which one was uh, it? The uh, was it? we struggle with tackling right now. Like, really, mm-hmm. the open field tackling is really not great. Not great at all. Um, our tackling—it seems like we're not tackling at practice ever. That's what it seems like to me. 
like, and it, it showed on the field, like the, all the arm tackling, the weak, like, but so there, I mean, not to discredit the big hits, there was a lot of really, like, they were cr- cracking some people today. But again, you need consistent tackling. Like, you need to be able to, like, catch someone in the open field and grab their legs up and, and, and bring them down. And I don't think we saw that. I mean, they should not be able to, most of the plays were big plays. Like, it wasn't like they drove us all the way down the field and scored. It was, just big plays because of missed tackles. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's something that – that's definitely something that you can work on. That's definitely something we can improve upon. And, I mean, again, I think that's just another thing. Young guys, young team, young culture. Um, just, these, again, I think this game is just going to be a really a, a really needed shell shock to the system uh, um, to kind of – I think we're going to come out next week roaring, honestly, just – I mean, I know the pride the guys have on this team. I know a few of them pretty well. I don't know the whole team like I used to. And but I know that these guys really genuinely care. And honestly, for them, like people like, I mean, Sam Jackson, Cole Schneider, those guys, that era of guys, they've been through how many coaches now? You know what I'm saying? Three? Right? Yeah, at least three, right? But like for them to be able to come in and, and, and continue continue to win games and to have a net positive season so far, you know what I'm saying, is something to note. So like, um, I don't know. We got a lot to work on. I think this game is going to be, it's a make or break game type of thing. And I think with the staff that we have, and I love the new staff, I think it's going to be a game that's going to really grow the program. Yeah, it's lucky for for UCF that the la- next two games, the last two of the regular season, both at home. You know, the bounce house is not an easy place for visitors to come play at. Uh, the the energy that the fans bring is is an extremely high level. Even when there's not many people there, they can make a lot of noise and they bring it. You you well, hear it. Two fans are the loud ones, right? Oh, absolutely. I I remember it was 2008. It was against uh, South Florida, and it was a terrible game. And UCF was flat all game. They're down two touchdowns, and about two-thirds of the stadium is emptied out. You know, UCF starts mounting a comeback. We're smacking the chair, the, the benches in front of us to make noise, just you know, any way to make noise. And when you're in a steel stadium, you can do that. And UCF comes back. They go to overtime, and, they, of course, they fall short. But I, they, they came back in, and, and you could hear it on the television. You know, that was – you know, that's what – UCF fans bring this. Uh, they they bring an energy, even if they don't have numbers for whatever reason, you know, bad weather, or or the game had a three hour weather delay, and a few people had to go home because they had kids. Uh, they know how to bring it. Uh, <laughs> they know how to bring the noise and the energy. Uh, mm-hmm. And as as you said, momentum is everything, and that's how you build it. But first step starts next week against UConn. You know the the football juggernaut that is. And the rivalry, and uh, speaking of which, Aaron, I believe I believe you out you outlived the entire lifetime of that rivalry <laughs> from your planker from start I remember, to finish. I when Frost <laughs> left that trophy on the field, I just like I was just staring, and I was like, "That is such a like." I mean, excuse my language, but dick swinging move. Like, <laughs> oh, it's definitely a power move, no question. Oh, oh man. man. I was like, this is so sick. I mean, honestly, that was like the whole essence of that team that year. I, he, like, one thing that I think is notable is about that team is Frost inherited a team that had the, one of the biggest chips on their shoulder that you could possibly have. After going 0 and 12 and being the laughing stock of the country, the laughing stock of the school, teachers and professors mocking you in class, bro. I remember all of it vividly. I remember the. I remember the teachers' faces when they said what they said in class. I was just like, really? You know what I mean? So I think Frost really inherited something special with that team. And um, But anyway, that was a kind of a sidebar. But <laughs> no, no, we, 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 Kyle and I have been doing radio and podcasts for years together, and, and we live by the sidebar. Uh, we, we, we suffer from a massive case of squirrel syndrome. Well, you hey, know. moreover, listen, we needed Aaron to have his opportunity to do his own power move and tangent the show as any good guest should. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, I won't argue with that. But, it, I mean, part of that, you can't replace that kind of experience. You lived it, you watched it, you were there on the field. Uh, you know, people have wondered where the real trophy has gone. Uh, there's been fakes made. There's uh, nobody knows. Uh, people think it may have like ended up in a storage closet by Bob Diaco or something, but 
that that real trophy it disappeared. Out for the program because they see a blossoming UCF program. That's all that that was. <laughs> so so it's not a, the trophy should have been a hook as an ant as an effort to grab onto some coattails. Is that what you're saying, boss? More like a fishing hook, maybe. And we were just like, no. <laughs> I mean, come on, that that was a simple case of trying to manufacture a rivalry. As we know, Kyle, from our experience from being old guys, uh, UCF Marshall is how you you know manufacture a rivalry. <laughs> some sort of giant multi-billion dollar conglomerate backing it. Uh, you just can't make it on a whim. You need some dollars behind it. <laughs> That's what ESPN did, and thus that rivalry was created until uh, yeah. it moved to the American. Then it That's why the, bowl, the bowl games happen too, because we, we, uh, the players lined the pockets of a lot of people during the season. <laughs> <laughs> that's true too. I mean, that's how that rolls. And I I'm always like, said that. Not upon statement though. <laughs> well, I mean, you're not wrong. You, you don't hear us arguing with you, brother, man. I, <laughs> but I've, I've always said that 2015 team is the most talented winless team I've ever seen. Oh, and, I'm, I mean, half the team or more than half the team was on the perfect season. Yeah. And, you uh, know, I've had arguments about was, it, and I've said, you haven't seen a bad team until you see the 2004 UCF team. That was a bad team where you had to take two wide receivers and make them defensive backs because there was nobody left. That's a bad team. Uh, you know, people, oh, we went through 0 for 12. No, no, that was I, bad I circumstances. That was not a bad team. I would love to play linebacker. That'd be great. Oh my gosh. Oh, that, oh, that just linebacker. scares me thinking oh, about oh, it. Oh, that'd be that'd be a lot of fun. More, more pounds. I'll be about 245. Be a monster. <laughs> oh, oh, I would crush a running back in the hole. Oh my god. So well, uh, hey, hey, semi pro, there, there's options. <laughs> Kyle knows people. <laughs> I'm a power broker over here, right? <laughs> so, I mean, as much as we're enjoying um, um, Drew's therapy of, of past pains being let loose here uh, tonight, um, let, let me ask you this, Aaron, because obviously the big thing for the future of the program is obviously moving into the Big 12. I know um, you and I have talked a bit about some other stuff uh, regarding the future. We've talked about Coach Gus. I don't really think I've had an opportunity to kind of pick your brain about how you feel about the move to the Big 12 conference. I think it's I think it's testament to the work that we've been putting in for the last I mean at least since I was a freshman with the Fiesta Bowl Blake Bortle I mean that even that's whole that team's legacy you know what I'm saying like I think it's testament to everything that this program has been working towards that the claiming the national championship title like you will respect us and then following it up with how we play and I think that's where the fans have a disconnect sometimes is because we have games like this and um but I think moving to the Big 12 is a really like a big deal, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited to get on a new stage, a new, a new, new, new calibers, new different, different flavors, different teams. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's going to really stretch and grow this program even more, and I think that's it's very exciting, honestly. And I'm glad we're leaving teams like USF in the past. Like, <laughs> Amen. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Uh, that's been more of a divided issue than what than than I thought it was going to be. Well, then let's uh, schedule them as our rival game that one game a year that's random, and we'll we'll schedule them for that. And then, but like, we'll turn our attention to what our real goals are, which is being a powerhouse school. And that's for me. That's where I'm like, we always like. We flip-flop back and forth like we just think about just this season. I'm like, we got to think about the big goal because that's going to inform this season right now. And I think um, I, I think this new staff is – like he coached Auburn, you know what I mean? Like, So I, I'm very, very optimistic about the future of this program and this team, and I hope Gus stays for the long time, like I genuinely. I hope he decides to nest here um, because we are – we need to build a culture that's stable. And I mean, the stuff that they've done to the program already is magnificent in my opinion. So I mean, what's not to love. Yeah, I agree. You're, you're, you're in Orlando. You're in a hotbed of recruiting. You're in a, a great state weather wise. Uh, he walked away from Auburn with a $21 million payday, no <laughs> strings attached, no offset, no nothing. May the force uh, be with you. Oh yeah. I even said, I wasn't planning on coaching this year. Let and then Terry Mohajer called me. And and that was it. You know, he knows UCF. He obviously coached uh, the Fiesta Bowl, but he was also an assistant at Tulsa 
when UCF played them. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, he's, he's been, you know, he's, he knows what the school is. Granted that was, you know, well, I think 15 years ago, but you know, still. I know I really grew a lot of respect for him watching him operate with the Auburn team at the peach bowl. Like I really, I was like, wow, this team is really like, like they're very respectful. They're cool. They're, they're organized. They're calm, collected. Like, like this was a, legit program like you could just tell the way they carried themselves and i was like that's testament to the head coach and i think we saw a culture shift with the last coaching staff at ucf and then i I mean you see the culture shift with each coach and and you see how the team performs and you see and it's all reflective of the head you know and and i'm excited about the future and that's where it starts always starts at the head and obviously it takes time you know yeah it takes time to get your people in place as well as as just to get the the whole turnaround uh it's yeah you know, obviously never an overnight thing you know frost it took a couple of years for things to kind of just hit right uh this is going to take a little bit of time a year uh, and a half year year and a half <laughs> <laughs> but it, it did take more than a year uh you know it, it didn't happen overnight and i know uh gus had to deal with a little bit of, of, of attrition coming into the season uh nature of the beast you know you have a little you know a little thin at defensive end. You had to move some guys out of position. You just roll with the punches. The punch in the gut. It's unreal. Uh, and and then <laughs> how the, the injuries. It's how does this he broke his leg afterwards, which is sort of kind of flat. And I think that's. I mean, I think what he's doing. We're having a, a still a, a relatively successful season. Um, with as many injuries as we have, is just again testament. He's a really great coach. So, mm-hmm. and you know, Kyle's talked to him a lot. You know, through the press conferences, he gets to go I, to the midweek you know, ones. I I can't I can't go to the midweek ones because I live too far away. But I'll know, say he, this: I came across him after the Boise State game, um, and and he's, he's I, I walked by. Him. I think he recognized me from the presser. You know, I'm something about a 300 pound man in a tie that leaves an impression. I'm just saying. <laughs> Um, is it the tie or the 300 pounds? It's a combination, Drew. It's a combination. First of all, they take up that much space. Charisma. Uh, you now, know, I'm now, Kyle, for, for, for context, how tall are you? 6'5". So, so, so 300, you know, it's not like you're a blob. All I'm saying is <laughs> when, when Aaron and I enter a room, this gets crazy. Well, I was going to say it's better than the bar fight you and I had once. <laughs> That's overstating it, but I digress. Um, no, but uh, I, I ran into him after the Boise State game, just after the press conference, and I was walking out, and he was coming out. Uh, stayed away for us tonight, did you? So I went over, I shook his hand. Uh, oh, hey, this is my first time covering you, Coach. You gave us a good one tonight. I was like, uh, glad it went that way. You know, it's just very cordial. Like, you know, not Ed Orgeron friendly, but definitely warm. And, and, you know, he's not one of these guys that stands up at the podium and just says words and words for minutes Loud noises. Yeah. And still actually conveys absolutely like nothing. Real, like, he seems like a real genuine down-to-earth person who's yeah. a coach of football, and he's not in it. You know, like, I mean that. Like, again, the guys seem so happy to me. Like, when I see the guys, mm-hmm. they seem, like, really, really good. And that, to me, is, like, so good to see because I know how it feels in a Leary age. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, the, the one thing that I take away is he's not afraid to say, I don't know. Yeah. And and kind of like a doctor, you know, a lot of a lot of people who are who are who feel like they're at the, the pinnacle of their class, of their profession, never want to say they don't know something. And so that's where that whole coach speak comes in. I think into it life. means weakness or something, and it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, he comes off very genuine, down to earth. You know, he's got that that little southern draw. And the big difference between him and Ed Ordron is you're going to understand what Gus Malzahn says. Listen, I never had to translate. I just had to think really hard. But listen. But- <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah. My favorite phrase of his in, into that ilk is, I don't know exactly how, but blah. And he has he gonna, he's going to give you a direction of what he's going to do to solve it yeah. um, with that. Um, Aaron, I know we don't want to keep you too long. But you being here, I do want you the opportunity to tell the people out there about um, your art and what you're doing. doing. Uh, mention your latest mural at UCF, perhaps. Let the people know what you've been up to. Um, yeah, so former UCF night, I had a God moment a few years ago, changed my life, and I chose to be an artist full-time. And 
Uh, right now, I'm doing a lot of art therapy stuff uh, with this. There's a place called Created Women in Tampa, and I do art classes for them. It's women getting out of sex trafficking, prostitution, the pornography industry, all of it. They offer housing, food, GD programs. Um, I'm partnered with another program called Veterans Art Center Tampa Bay, and it's offering holistic um, therapy options for veterans who are struggling with PTSD and stuff. So I, I've been doing art classes with the veterans that are in the jail, actually, over in Tampa. So I've been going to like their cell block and I, and I sit with them for a couple hours, like 25 guys, and I draw and paint. And then um, I do stuff with after school programs, special needs stuff. Um, really, wherever I feel called and led to go, I, I, I paint. But I also... Um, the business side of it is I, I paint um, custom art, I paint um, murals, I paint originals, just like Kyle's above his head. Uh, <laughs> um, I, my most recent projects, uh, notable projects, is I did the Space U mural, mural this summer, which I donated to the school. Um, and then I um, did the, the newest mural called, uh, I call it the Nitro Lightspeed. I don't really have a great name for it. To Infinity and Beyond, maybe. Um, nice. I but, smell um, lawsuit. Infinities <laughs> <laughs> and beyonds. <laughs> Just spell it wrong. Yeah, exactly. Um, Put an accent, infinite and beyond. Infinita. <laughs> accent marks and stuff. <laughs> I'm thinking of Cartman right now. Um, authority. Um, anyway. and beyond. Anyways, but... Um, yeah, so I do murals, and uh, I really love just serving my community with uh, these gifts that I've, I've been given. And I guess my message would be is um, share your gifts with your community. Uh, you never know who you're going to touch. You never know what impact you'll have just from being authentic and real and just sharing that with people, just like you guys are doing with these podcasts and, and these radio shows. And, um, and yeah, I'm just excited and optimistic about where this journey is going. So. Yeah. I'd like to point out there, that side, there's this giant white spot right there. I could definitely use something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've, I've always joked that, you know, you know, our mothers tell us to share our gifts with the world. You know, his is the, the gift of art and mine is the gift to annoy. You know, we, you know, we all have to share our, our gifts with the world. That's right. <laughs> well, how can you use your gift of being annoying to impact people for a good reason? Because it makes them realize that their issues aren't so bad. Hmm. Bro, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, in all, in all seriousness, you know, um, we all we all have callings, you know. Um, you, know you use your 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 gift in, in art. Uh, I can only draw stick figures poorly, so art is not my I, gift. I'm, I'm gonna thinking about that because that is literally the line everyone says. <laughs> Poorly? Do they make sure it's no, poorly? A stick figure, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll show you. I mean, I did, a, I did a couple of things. My my brother's the artist. Uh, I'm the writer. He's he's the actual artist. He uh, started Ringling this... School for a while. You have a beautiful mind too. Oh well, well, Kyle and I were musicians. That that's different art. Uh, or in our in our friend Weasel's case, uh, he just happened to hold an instrument. You should. <laughs> uh, but you know, we all we all have a place, and uh, where we're thrilled that that you were able to take the time out of your day to come hang out with us. You know, it's unfortunate that that we didn't get you know as as many as many fan interactions today. I mean, I understand the need to to drown our sorrows after you know riding the three game winning streak and then laying uh, uh, somewhat of an egg against uh, a team that was just really angry. They took out a lot of pain and aggression and frustrations on you, you know, the, the Knights. Mm. Uh, but, you know, I, I wish we could I could have delivered something a little bit better. I'm sorry it wasn't my best. I'll try harder next time. Oh, boy, <laughs> here he goes. <laughs> uh, in context, Aaron, that, that is something I put at the end, uh, essentially the end of every one of my uh, knee-jerk reaction articles because of something that happened at the very beginning of last year when Georgia Say, Tech's writer. Say, knee-jerk reaction articles, Drew? Uh, well, um, obviously this week th isn't quite done yet because I've been doing this, but it's but. almost done, which is the sad part. Usually it's a not a close game if it's done pretty quickly. Uh, but obviously you can catch all of our work at uh, UCF Banner or at underscore SBN. We're still working on trying to get that old Twitter handle back. 
Uh, we've learned don't mess with the settings under any circumstance because <laughs> the Twitter overlords will come and shut you down. <laughs> well, I was, I was, I was listen, the, the, you got to work on your branding skills, chief. I was hoping you were going to drop the website for uh, black and gold banneret when, but that's okay. And then, uh, it's, it's in the profile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, um, and, and Aaron, uh, where can the good people find you to follow your work and what you're doing? Yeah, so my primary outlets right now are Twitter and um, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, but I don't really use that that much. I've been trying to like, I, I need to get my website back up and running. I had one, but it's not, it's down right now. But uh, it's my handles for Instagram and Twitter are the same, and it's a Evans underscore art. Boom. Yeah. Boom. See, oh, that's how you there. brand, Drew, just for the record. I'm not a marketing person. You know that. I've seen your Twitter. I know better. Anyway. <laughs> but no, you can you can find my work at Statboy Drew. Uh, I am not savvy enough to use Instagram on a regular basis, despite the fact I take a massive ton of photos. I just never put them up. And my wife, my wife yells at me for it. Yeah, get, step your game you She should. Don't that's be afraid. right. Well, it's it's I, funny. I, I, I do scenic photography as a hobby, and I don't put it online. Well, Liz, so <laughs> like I had this giant epiphany this week, and it's been this giant fear of rejection piece in my life since Philly cut me. I've had this mental complex about being rejected, and it's been. And I just had the aha moment Sunday. <laughs> nice. Don't be afraid. You're valuable. What you make is awesome what you do is awesome don't be afraid it's posted who cares if you enjoy it that's all that matters someone else will radiate with that and I've been doing food i've been doing food now beautiful <laughs> uh but you know it, it's funny um you you make it a lot more eloquent than my dad did i was always you know uh you know when you're back in middle school age you know you're afraid to ask the girls to dance and this is back when drew carey was on tv and we we're living Green in and he goes, you know, the worst thing they can have is the Mimi effect. I go, what do you mean? He goes, all they can say to you is drop dead, pig. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, honestly, though. But they're right. He's right. I mean, all it is is they can say some words, but in the end, it's about you. Well, if you're thinking about like a bigger, one of the other things that really helps, especially with like, I've, it's helped me a lot with like public speaking is don't, if you're really worried about going on stage, it's because you're thinking about yourself and you're not thinking about what you can give to the audience and what, what impact you'll have. And um, and you're not thinking about the value that it is that you get to share whatever you're about to share with them. Like you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about I don't want to be. I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to be this. You know what I'm saying? Like, who cares, bro? Just share. You got something. Get. You have a gift. Share it. It's special. If you love it, share it. That's why it's important in the morning. You go into your mirror and laugh at yourself because you do it before anyone else can, and no one will bother you at that point because you've already laughed at yourself. They can't do no. anything to you. No, you should be saying, I'm a handsome mother effer, and I'm about to crush the day. <laughs> to crush something. Cheeseburger. Oh, man. Uh, now that we've gone completely derailed, but, you know, this is how... Uh, this is how Kyle and I roll, and this is what Eric gets for letting us, you know, giving us the keys to the kingdom. You know, th things get derailed, and, and I have no regrets. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, I think it's time that we wrap it up. We all got things to see and good football to watch. So, uh, again, you can catch me at Stat Boy Drew. You can catch Kyle at the SOGG. And because I'm probably going to get the number wrong, it is A. Evans 78. Underscore, underscore art. Oh, no, art. No okay. Number. I thought there was a yeah. number in there. Okay. A Evans underscore art. Catch his work on Twitter. And then he probably has links to stuff on Instagram. Go to his, his stuff. Check out the work. Check out the work he's done at the, at, at the bounce house. Next Don't week. be afraid. Check it out. Don't be yeah, afraid. It won't Don't laugh at you. They're awesome. They're one of a kind. You'll never get them anywhere else in the world except for me. These giant ogre hands. Ogre hands. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I got I got to go on another non sequitur. So it reminds me of a time when John Mann was still doing Monday Night Football, and it was a Thanksgiving game between San Francisco and Philadelphia. And they're in Philadelphia, and of course he's all about turduckens. And there's actually a place here 
um, in Sarasota. I'm in Bradenton. Ooh, that, nice. Nice. That makes turducken. And so it's, you know, it's a duck stuffed in a, with, with stuffing. Then that's put into a chicken with a layer of stuffing. And that's put into a turkey. Uh, actually, switch the duck and the chicken. Anyway, turducken. I love so the audio visual effect we have with Drew's story and then Aaron flashing his art. This is great. Keep going. So he, he brings one out. And you know John Madden. He he has literal bear claws for hands. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. they, they probably like three times the size of mine, and I'm normal. Um, so he comes out, and he's tearing into this thing on camera. I mean, just absolutely mauling this thing to death. I mean, oh, poor, poor thing. <laughs> Uh, I'll do something every once in a while, and I forget that I'm gigantic around normal people. <laughs> <laughs> and I will, like, rip something out of the wall or whatever. Just grab it. Just <laughs> like, smash. I picked up a whole filing cabinet the other day, and I just, like, picked it up with my literally just these two fingers. And I just <laughs> moved it. And the lady was like, what? <laughs> and then the other day, I picked up an entire AC unit. Remember, when your mask isn't on, you have to keep the superpowers at bay. You know, Other, what's the point of having a secret identity? It's the whole reason Drew and I wear glasses. <laughs> yeah, see, ah, <laughs> oh, I like that one, Aaron. This is how I feel when I play football <laughs> like monster from the pit come and destroy it's you. Not anger, it's just pure carnage. Well, I mean, you could draw carnage, you know. <laughs> He's pretty, he's pretty badass. (laughs) Uh, But, but no, to finish the story, then, then Peter writes a letter saying that the kind hearted Philadelphia fans were appalled (laughs) at John Madden's actions and the entire world just kind of turned and laughed at him. Yeah. Not not because of the letter that they wrote, but because they said the kind hearted Philly fans. Yes. The people that booed Santa are kind hearted. (laughs) (laughs) They're burning their trash cans and cars in the streets after a loss. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. So now that we've we've probably lost it, uh, I, I do want to throw one quick comment on there. Let's see some progress next week. We need progress next week. You got to finish the season strong, especially when you want to build momentum into 2022. You've got what looks to possibly be the highest rated recruiting class in school history. So you want to end on a good note. You yeah. Have two more wins. You got a bowl game that can give you a potential ninth win. And then go into an offseason that could be historic for this program as you uh, get more of the Malzahn brand in there. Because obviously, he came in kind of late in the process. Most of the signings are done in December now with the early signing period. Uh, so, yes, let's see some progress for next week. We, we need it. Uh, I need it. You need it. We all need it. And then come to the bounce house Saturday, 4 p.m. against Connecticut for the that game that used to have a trophy. <laughs> I'm conflicted on what to call it. Call it another game. Call it game against UConn. It's nothing else. <laughs> There's no rivalry there. It, no. It was, I hope it was somebody like caught the, the pun fairy. in there, by the, the way. The I'm praying. Power to the name, right? Like that, That's why you don't say Voldemort. So <laughs> Nice. <laughs> don't say it. Rule, rule number one is you don't talk about it. Rule number two, see rule number one. Precisely. All right, gentlemen. Let's 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 close this up. Everyone have a great weekend. Uh and we'll see you next week. Go knights and charge on. Woo! <laughs> <laughs>